You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, we'll discuss Come From Away, which opened recently at the Amundsen Theater. Jennifer Lynn O'Hara, one of our West of Broadway ensemble members, talks about Elf the Musical, which she saw in Long Beach. And another awesome ensemble member, Wendy Rosoff, was at a screening of Mary Poppins Returns with Lin-Manuel Miranda himself. It's West of Broadway for December 5th, 2018. It's curtains up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater in Los Angeles. I'm celebrity publicist and theater veteran Will Armstrong, along with radio host and theater enthusiast Lara Scott. And we can't wait to tell you about one of the greatest theater experiences of both of our lives in just a moment. But first, let's get to some L.A. theater buzz. Okay, if you missed Dear Evan Hansen like we did at the (laughs) Amundsen Theater, which, by the way, smashed weekly box office records in L.A. with five consecutive weeks over two million, well, Center Theater Group has announced a return engagement. And for that, we say thank you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. on behalf of Will and myself, thank you for doing this for us. We will be found. I know. It'll be back during the 2020-2021 season, which feels like forever. But hey, it's almost 2019 as we're recording this. So, Will, like on the calendar now, we must get ourselves there when it comes back. Agreed. And the gayest Christmas pageant ever comes to the Sherry Theater in December 7th and runs through to December 22nd. Is that actually the name of it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, seriously. It's um, 18 comedic actors play nearly 30 different characters in a Christmas spectacular that is sure to get you in the holiday mood. The fast-paced holiday comedy follows a small gay community theater as they struggle to pull together their annual holiday pageant. Uh, Tickets and information are available at DefianceTheaterCompany.com. Well, the first national tour of the Tony Award-winning Broadway smash Come From Away opened its Los Angeles engagement on November 28th at the Amundsen Theater. And we were there for that one, Will. We sure were. And it was it's the it was just so amazing, and it is so hard to describe how this affected both of us. I, no, I think we both cried through the whole thing. We did, and everybody around us was crying. The lady next to me was searching for a tissue in her purse. <laughs> no, I, I had a sweater. It was super long, and I just I was so <laughs> thankful for it because I just kept wiping and wipe and took off my glass. It was. Someone needs to come up with a a sweater that has like (laughs) tissues for the sleeves or or something like that because it happens. Sometimes you go to these shows and again, we walked in knowing nothing about it and we just weren't prepared for how how that emotional impact was going to hit us. So Come From Away tells the remarkable true story of 7,000 stranded passengers on 9-11 in the small town of Gander in Newfoundland that welcomed them. And I should say, we don't learn the stories of all 7,000. No. As I would say that, I was like, wait, that would be a really long show. But you focus on a small group of highlights. (laughs) Highlights. Now, there were people from all over the world, from different cultures, who spoke different languages. So, 
everybody was stressed out. So you have everyone with different languages, everybody stressed, you get some clashes. But there was also trust, gratitude, friendship, and lots and lots of music. And well, why don't we start there with the music? It was amazing. I loved I loved everything about it. Uh, uh, Irene Sankoff and David Hine uh, created some amazing music and lyrics and of these haunting, toe-tapping, poignant, and oftentimes magical tunes. Like it was, it's everything you needed to be uh, to such just a delicate topic. It was so brave and respectful. It was just really amazing. Um, my favorite part though, it, I, I, I don't know if it was yours too. Uh, yeah. I feel like it was everybody's, it was, everybody's. Was, was the pilot <laughs> when she sang about being the first female pilot for American Airlines and how she mu- how she loved flying and you and how the song evolved and as she took off in flight in her story she got higher and higher and higher. it was just so beautiful and the whole show moves so quickly yes. that I you can't they, they don't t- like some shows they stop and they're like but and everyone applauds that didn't happen they went to the next thing the next thing and at the end of her song half the audience was like damn it I'm clapping you know <laughs> and it was just cuz you had to because we had to pay respect for this beautiful song so beautifully performed and a beautiful just, life oh of this was... of this i don't want to give away too much and we will put a spoiler alert at the beginning of the show because we've already <laughs> given away too much but uh yeah what the way that she tells her story from being a kid who always wanted to fly to then being in the air the day that 9-11 happened and yeah. ending up in this tiny town that she'd flown over a million times mm-hmm. and her story of how this affected her because everybody has that story right of, of where they were when the plane hit and what they were doing and this was hers. Tracy Gilchrist, who's the um, she's the uh, host of the Advocates podcast, and uh, she's an incredible LGBT um, uh, editor and producer. And, and um, I ran into her in the theater, uh, and we t- were messaging back and forth after the show. And I said that I was so overwhelmed with my own story of September 11th, and I thought everybody in this room must be going through that same journey, like that. I like so it was because this. This story is more heartfelt and inspirational than focusing on the tragedy yes. and the loss. The tra- it's, a, it's the catalyst yes. for all these other stories being told. But it's about the human spirit and generosity and um, treating others as we would want to treat, like if we were in that situation, how mm-hmm. we, everyone just opened their homes and opened their hearts. It was, the, okay, this is the furthest I've gotten explaining my experience without crying. Like, <laughs> like it was, I, it's been like a week now and I'm just still so moved and haunted by this incredible story of hope. Yes, and I was going to say, ultimately, it's a hopeful story because I had somebody say, well, wasn't it depressing? And I said, no. I mean, it it does take you back to the emotion of that day. And looking around, I didn't see any kids. I mean, pretty much everybody I saw looked like they were old enough to have gone through 9-11 and remember that. So we're bringing all of that with us into the theater. But ultimately, you come out of it. And for me, I thought back to those images of everyone in Manhattan, you know, helping people walk down the street or welcoming them into their homes and how out of just such awful things, the, something beautiful came. This was before everyone had a cell phone. This mm-hmm. was before everyone had that instant communication. There were yes. lines of people waiting by broken uh, uh, answering uh, pay phones, you know, mm-hmm. and like that was the best we could do. And for this, these people that from all over the world all of a sudden found them in this place they didn't want to be and didn't know where they were and dealing with xenophobia of people from all over the world and not knowing who to trust and what was going on and if they were... 
It was just so incredible. It yeah. was incredible. They really did a great job, I think, of uh, taking us to that place where nobody really knew what was happening, you know, and feeling a little bit, a lot disoriented in that moment. It was also so incredible that such a large cast of characters was played by a relatively small group of really talented people yeah. who played multiple roles. Yeah. Let's talk about how they did that because, first of all, every single person is amazing. And I think they're all on stage the entire time, except maybe when they're like running through the trees to come through a door <laughs> as a different character. Yeah. But it, it's going to sound like a, like a comedy show the way I'm going to describe it because somebody would be speaking like, ooh, a boot, in this very thick Canadian accent turn around, put a jacket on, and suddenly they're a Southern person speaking with a very thick Southern drawl. So not only are they remembering their lines, but they're remembering which accent, like nobody messed up. Nobody was dressed as a Canadian speaking with a Brooklyn accent. Well, I found myself emotionally like connecting with one actor in their three different roles. Mm -hmm. And and towards the end of the show when that when one of the roles was done and they and you didn't think you were going to see them again I felt like I I was going to miss that character yes, I you didn't know? want it to end Oh my god it was so good and they had yeah it was just and like the woman with the Brooklyn accent it was so Brooklyn and then the <laughs> and then the um the Canadian accents were so amazing and there was Egyptian and there was like you said Dallas and it was just yeah and the songs and the music and the performances it was such a talented group of stellar performers I'm so proud to have been there the opening night yes well you looked like one of the cast members because you were dressed in a red (laughs) red plaid flannel shirt like you were straight in from Canada well yeah (laughs) Um, incidentally the Canadian consulate was there Mm -hmm. they must be so proud of this you know what I mean like it's such a I mean Canada is just amazing it's full of just incredible like you know, there's stereotypes. The stereotypical Canadian is this lovely, wonderful, very friendly person. Is like, excuse me, you know, and like, it, and it's just, I and it, even the people from the consulate and the Mounties that were there on the red carpet, like, yes. it just they were so kind and nice and we're posing and, for photos with and, everybody and proud to share this story of like hope and generosity of spirit. It was incredible. And by the way, we have to give a shout out to another podcast and that is the one that Center Theater Group, they they do everything at the Amundsen and they invited us. Thank you so much for hosting us uh, for the opening of Come From Away. But they do a great podcast called 30 to Curtain Mm -hmm. and they had Irene Sankoff and David Hine on their real life husband and wife and they talked about where they got the idea for this and why they decided it should be a musical and it's their whole, it's a short, it's only like 30 minutes or so. Uh, But uh, yeah, they go through their whole process of how this came about. It's really fascinating and I Highly recommend it. Oh, that podcast is great. So good. And we should talk about Come From Away. That's what they call the people from other places. Come mm-hmm. From Aways. They mm-hmm. call them Come From Aways or the plain people. So I want to specifically mention Becky Goldsvig, and I hope I'm saying her name right. She plays Beverly, the American Airlines pilot. Oh. She's saying Me in the Sky. And also Danielle K. Thomas is Hannah, a mom who is frantically trying to reach her firefighter son back home in Manhattan while she is stranded in Gander. So we have the book, the music, and the lyrics by Sankoff and Hine, directed by Christopher Ashley. It was so funny, Will, because you texted me this, and I was going to text you because I had just seen it on Twitter. Uh, Christopher Ashley is talking about the Come From Away movie, which mm-hmm. I hope happens. Scenic design by Tony Award winner Beowulf Borat, yep. and then lighting design by two-time Tony Award winner Howell Binkley, who did Hamilton. I remember I said, wow, the lighting yep. and the turntables, like the lighting <laughs> really reminded me of Hamilton. They made great use of different colored lights and the spotlights to, like you were saying, turn the camera to focus on that character at that moment. And you want to talk about what happened at the end? Because this oh. was one of those opening night moments that just... I, like, yeah, well, it was so special because they had 
some of the people that the characters are based on came out for curtain call with the actors that were portraying them in the show. And when uh, Beverly walked out with the, her real life counterpart, who was the the retired airline um, captain. I started crying again. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> well, it brought it home that these were real people, and we just watched their lives play out on screen. And there were two people that I, even though we're going to do a spoiler alert, I'm not going to talk about it because it was such a great surprise what happens with them. And they were there as well. So yeah. it was uh, it was really, really lovely. So I'm convinced that you cannot see the show and not be changed when you walk out. Someone tweeted that it makes you want to be a better human being. Oh. And I heartily agree to that. I would add it's going to make you want to move to Newfoundland. My brother-in-law and nephew are Canadian, well, so they can oh. sponsor us. <laughs> All right. But let us know what you think after you see Come From Away. Tickets are available at centertheatergroup.org and that's center, T-H-E-A-T-R-E group.org and it's playing through January 6th. You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott. Jennifer Lynn O'Hara, one of our West of Broadway ensemble members, just checked out Elf the Musical. And it's been so hard not to ask her how it was because I wanted to save it all for this episode. But now all will be revealed. JJ, welcome back to West of Broadway. So glad to be here. Tell us everything. Everything is fantastic. How are you guys? <laughs> Wonderful. We're doing great. And yes, so we were just talking about Come From Away. And this is what I love about LA is that you could see that in downtown. And then mm-hmm. you were in Long Beach, right? For Elf? Yes, Long Beach. Yep, Carpenter Performing Arts Center to see Elf the Musical. Okay, so Elf with Will Ferrell is one of my not just favorite Christmas movies, but favorite movies of oh all time. Gosh. I love you. I love you. I love so. I love you. <laughs> How yep. faithful was this to the movie? You know, surprisingly faithful. I was wow. unsure how they were going to do some of this stuff, but it was surprising. They did make some minor tweaks. Sure. Um, but it is not, the, the story is not lost. It's, the story is actually very faithful uh, to the, the original movie. So fans of the original movie will love Elf the Musical. Yay. Good. And is it a good one to bring kids to? Yes, it's absolutely wonderful to bring kids to. Just like Elf the Musical, or just like Elf the Movie, um, Elf the Musical is one of those, you know, it's, it's a classic Christmas tale with a happily ever after and, you know, good moral message, all that kind of good stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, definitely, you know, Will Ferrell, those are some big pointy elf shoes to step into, (laughs) right, for anyone, (laughs) and a tiny, tiny little outfit to step into. How was the actor who played Buddy the Elf? Buddy the Elf was played by Matt Owen, and he actually did a fantastic job, and he's, he's so much Buddy the Elf that he's actually played it in several major theaters across the U.S. Awesome. So this is kind of his a niche for him right now, sure. uh, from what I can tell based on his bio, is playing Buddy the Elf. And, um, and man, sometimes you really did see Will Ferrell in Matt Owen, so it was lovely. That is awesome. It's, Christmas amazes me because we live in this culture where we consume music and then throw it away or consume something and then and we're done with it. But if you do some a Christmas classic, we never tire of it. And every year it's part of the tradition. And I feel like Elf really fix itself right in there with this incredible movie and then for it to transition into a, a theatrical stage version. It was just genius. Yeah, I would have not right? seen that coming. And maybe now they'll go back and make Elf the musical movie yeah. right now. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about oh, you that know what? aspect. I- <laughs> yeah, I could see that coming too. Yeah. And well, here's the great the great thing about both Elf and Elf the Musical is that it's just happy. Mm-hmm. I just 
I started smiling during the overture, and I did not stop smiling until after I walked out of the venue. I mean, it was it was just a happy, happy, feel good movie. It is a a it's just fun. Now, yeah. what was the music like? You know. <laughs> I love the musical. Of course, it's all original music, um, and it was one of the things that I loved about it. Of course, sort of an homage to the classic musical numbers. They did a lot of big tap numbers. Yeah, I loved. In <laughs> fact, too. they cl- yeah they closed the musical with a giant all cast tap number, and it was fantastic. So the music is very catchy, very upbeat. Um, you know, there's a couple of very poignant songs where. Um, the Kim uh, Huber, who plays Emily Hobbs, and Travis Burnett, who plays Michael Hobbs, um, mother and son, they have this lovely little song that's very, it's, it's very poignant, but still, you know, positive. And then all the rest of the music is just, it's lovely and upbeat and happy. Very, very good. Well, the yeah. composer is Matthew Sklar, who I know from uh, doing uh, 42nd Street on Broadway. He was, uh, mm-hmm. he was a, our conductor. And he, right now, he has just opened prom on Broadway. Oh, mm-hmm. I just saw that during the Macy's yeah. Parade. That yeah. looks so yeah. good. So, yeah, I'm so excited and so proud of him. He's a musical genius. And, it was, and yeah, and, uh, and I was so... Watching him uh, workshop and bring Elf to the stage was so exciting. And thanks to Facebook, I was able to keep in track of all of that. And for it to turn into like this uh, annual event is so amazing. And now for him to be doing prom, I can't wait for it to go on tour so we can see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah. maybe you can do a review of that for us, JJ. Oh, or we yeah. can all oh, go yeah. together. We're going yes. together. <laughs> We're all going. Yeah. We're all going to prom, y'all. We get a do-over. Yeah. Well, you know what, JJ, what else should we know about Elf the Musical? I know it's going to be wrapping up its run here in just a little bit, but I'm sure somebody will be doing this again maybe next next holiday season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what else should we know about this? You know, the, one of the things that I love the most about it is the, the, the role of the secretary, uh, Deb, has, is really expanded in the musical more so than the movie, and it is such a fun role to watch. So when you go see Elf the Musical, be prepared to see um, just this wacky Deb secretary character that's really, it's really, really fun. And just be prepared to smile because, you know, smiling is my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's just happy, happy. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Musical Theater West production of Elf the Musical runs through December 9th, um, and it's at the Carpenter Center, Carpenter Performing Arts Center, which is on the uh, campus of, the, of, uh, of Cal State Long Beach. Awesome. And you can get tickets at musical.org. Wonder, well, my cheeks oh. hurt from smiling, from talking to you, JJ. Yeah. Yes, and there's and one also, more thing. And also, you know Looking at their website, they've got amazing things coming up at this particular venue. They've got Elf, uh, they've got Oliver, they have Catch Me If You Can, and they've got Disney's The Little Mermaid that are all coming up after the new year. That's all such incredible stuff to take, do a family outing and go with the family and the kids and an extended family and just really have an amazing evening of theater. That's yeah, and great. especially if yeah. you're like South Bay area here in LA, Long Beach, San Pedro, Huntington Beach, sometimes it's not the easiest to get to Hollywood or downtown. So it's so great. There's so many great theater groups and places to see shows sort of in that area. And JJ, you're doing yeah. an awesome job keeping us up to date. So Yay, thank you thank so you, much, Jennifer Leo here. I'm so happy to be part of this. Thank <laughs> yeah. you guys. All right. We'll see you on Instagram at Jennifer Lynn O'Hara. Yay. Bye. Wonderful. Thanks guys. Bye. We love you, JJ. You're still there. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye, bye. for real.
You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott. And we are joined here today in studio with friend of the pod and proud West of Broadway ensemble member, actress, writer, and all-around genius, Wendy Rosoff. Wendy, of course, last joined us for her insight into the Musical Theater Guild's production of Sugar, which she choreographed. But today, she's giving us the details from exclusive star-studded screening of the premiere of the anxiously awaited feature film, Mary Poppins Returns. Welcome, Wendy! Awesome to see you in person. Yes. And Will had texted me and said, Yeah, Wendy's at the Mary Poppins Returns premiere. So, first of all, how did you get invited to that? Well, so, okay, let me clarify. This actually wasn't the premiere. Okay. This was um, a SAG AFTRA event, Ooh. which is the Screen Actors Guild, for those of you that are not in the know. Um, and <laughs> those they are fun to get into as well, though. Like, yeah. some of those yeah. events, there's so a lot it was of competition. So weird. I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of like caught wind of it and I went on the site and, and was able to grab myself a spot. And and um, it was at the Grove at the Pacific Theaters, oh, and nice. they just throw great events. Um, these are called SAG After Conversations, and what it is is uh, an advanced screening, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then um, one of the members of the cast or creative team are there, and after the film, you get to listen to them speak and ask questions and just kind of have a general hubbub with them about the experience, and it was Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, and I I know, and it was just <laughs> amazing. Honestly, it was it was like sitting with a friend in a living room. Yeah. He's really? just a cool guy. Who incidentally just got his star on the Walk of Fame. The right next the day. Amazing. Yes, yes. So just super cool all-around experience, regardless of the film. It's just such a great way to kind of see new things that are coming out and and get insight from the people that are involved in it themselves. Yeah, and you know, everybody loves him, so I feel like for him, walking into a crowd of actors wouldn't be that scary, but I feel like for most people, that's kind of a tough crowd where it's it's your peers, it's other industry professionals, and they probably ask some pretty hard-hitting questions, I would guess. You know, sometimes, but my experience of it is that everybody is just really there to support I each other. There's awesome. a, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I'm so happy Every event that. that I have been to has really been a love fest, because at the end of the day, like, we're all in this yeah. together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, particularly this, when, when he came out, I mean, it was a standing ovation. I mean, actually, in the film itself, if the film could have stopped and the audience could have gotten up and given a standing O, it would have happened. Wow. Really? It was that magical. Really? Yes! Okay, yes. I was going to say, what was the scene? But then we don't want to give away anything yeah. about I want to tell you, yeah. I want to talk all yeah. about it and tell you as little as possible. Right. <laughs> I really do, because I want everybody to have the experience of discovering the magic you know, on their own for the first time. Yes. For me, the original is sacred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you, did you go in there with a chip on your shoulder ready to be like, okay, impress me? Or were you just like, all right, whatever. You know. All right, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so I was not a kid who grew up on Mary Poppins. I've seen it mm-hmm. and I've played Mary Poppins, right. but I've never like had a particular attachment oh. to it, right? So I know there are so many people that are going in there, you know, with their arms crossed going, show me what you got. Um, I was not like that. I just had zero expectations. Yeah. I wanted to be Dick Van Dyke like I was oh, like yes. how, where do I go to, to learn how to sweep chimneys like oh this is what I want to do for a living God, but, yeah. you guys so I'm just going to start by saying Dick Van Dyke is in it and he is the most delicious magical <laughs> so well cute. everybody's delicious and magical mm-hmm. but he has one of the most spectacular you know 11th hour kind of moments in a film and he just blows it out of the water and wow. he's like 91 years old and you would never know 
Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore, but he just <laughs> he just does it. And Lynn Manuel was even saying like when he, they were running the scene with him and Dick Van Dyke was like, "I got this. Clear. Like, clear for talent." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just, he's just, you know, he is he's a gypsy. He's he's got that real kind of like in it to win it. Do you, do you think, like, we live in a world, uh, like, right now, like, we're having a moment where everything's about a reboot or a reinterpretation mm-hmm. of something. Was Did you get that vibe from Mary Poppins, or is this something that... Not at all. Okay, so cool. this is not a reboot. It's not a redo. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I loved it so much. It was a really natural continuation of the story. It wasn't wow. even like a typical sequel mm-hmm. um, that had no rhyme or reason. I feel like so much love was put into crafting this story. It takes place 20 years after the original ends. The Banks children are grown up. Michael Banks is living in the Mike, in the Banks family house. Wow. And um, he has three children, and his wife has just passed away. Mm. And he has unwittingly fallen behind in his house payments. Oh, so the bank comes to repossess the house, and it's just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for him. The actor that plays Michael Banks, his name is, oh gosh, what's his name? He's so is it ben? brilliant. It's, um, oh my gosh, where is it? I had it down. Anyway, he is so brilliant. Yes, uh, Ben Wishaw is his name. Right. And he is, Emily Blunt is perfect. Ben Wishaw is the heartbeat of this film. He adds so much humanity to this piece and all of these people are well developed these characters are really well developed you guys it's not like we're watching some sort of like oh two dimensional no you're in it and the way it's crafted is so perfect because it's humanity just mixed with fantasy and it's perfectly blended Um, and all of the elements of it being I mean we're living in a time where you can CGI your way through life Mm -hmm. You can tell there were so many high-tech elements put into this, but it was mixed with live action and hand-drawn animation that just, our childhoods just came like streaming back to us. And it's so beautifully done. And the choreography is gorgeous. The direction is perfect. You can tell Rob Marshall's heart was just in this. And I think they realized how special... Mary Poppins is to so many people. I went to a screening on the Disney lot and I was surrounded by people that knew every word, that were dressed in costume, you know, as someone from the (laughs) film, that were singing every word. It was a beautiful thing. I haven't seen this one. I saw the the, the first, it's so weird to call Mary Poppins the first one. Yeah, the first one a couple of months ago. But I think, you know, it's interesting with Disney too because Incredibles 2, the Wreck-It Ralph sequel that just came out, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I've heard a lot of parents say they almost don't feel like kid movies, like the kids enjoy them. Yes. But there's something so much deeper going on, whether it's nostalgia for your childhood or just the struggle of being a working parent, whatever it is. Like, I think they're they're intentionally putting this in there to really to really touch the hearts of the grownups that are going to see these films. And they're they're doing it. Like, I it's, it's totally incredible. agree. And, you know, I, I can't speak to the others because I haven't seen them. But in the case of Mary Poppins Returns, it could not be more timely. Yeah. I mean, awesome. it just is such a feel good connecting piece of work that it just feels like this is its time. It's it's almost like this healing piece of, it's art, you know, Aww. it's a healing piece of art. Yeah, I, I can't wait for you guys to see it. Were the, like, from the talk back when you got to listen to Lin-Manuel, yeah. uh, was there anything that you left, like, what, can you share anything special that he said or told? Well, I super don't want to give away spoilers again, and he definitely had a few yummy meow meows to share with <laughs> Um, But, you know, one of the things that I took away from him is um, how much of a love fest it was making this film and how 
incredible Rob Marshall is to work for and to play with and how he really allowed each actor to bring out the uniqueness and who they were in in the role and um, how Lynn felt like the new kid on the block because all of these people were seasoned film and television actors and he this was his bir- uh, first big feature film and so he was kind of like walking on gingerly didn't quite know and you know not only did he receive support from his fellow cast members but the creative team really was just incredibly nurturing and he just felt like he couldn't be luckier to be a part of it and he also talked specifically about there's this opening scene where it's got this oldie timey feeling where he's on a bike and he's riding around the streets of London with his lamp lighting uh, stuff lighting lamps and kind of singing through the streets and it's very oldie timey movie musical feeling and I guess Rob Marshall wanted to do it in one take which is very old school Mm -hmm. and so he started talking about how he grew up adoring MGM movie musicals that's where he got his love of musicals from which made me fall in love with him even more because I love that old school stuff his very favorite musicals are Singing in the Rain and Bandwagon and so he just said out of everything that he did the dance numbers the singing the acting stuff he had some stunt stuff going on the thing that was the most nerve-wracking for him was that opening scene where he's riding through the street and he's singing and he's in a cockney accent and he has to grab an apple from an apple cart and while he's driving and singing and doing the Cockney accent. He tosses an apple to an orphan and has a little like <laughs> moment with him, and then keeps on driving all in one That's take. Right. And he was like, it, it nearly threw me over the edge. Like that was really the end of me. Um, but for him, it just seemed like you know an unbelievable opportunity, learning experience, and he just feels like gratitude for the experience. And you know what? You can also feel that in his performance. He's just all heart too. My first love is the stage, and I love that one-on-one experience that you have with the audience but there's something so timeless about a movie musical that for (sighs) you're captured forever in this one moment in your life i wouldn't uh for 42nd street i worked we worked with um shirley jones and when i was cast in the producer's film she came to me in my dressing room and she was like i just heard you were cast and and she was just like this is such a special thing that you're going to be a part of and i was like i'm no marion librarian Third Hitler from the right, but calm down. <laughs> Third Hitler from the right, <laughs> exactly. as you do. <laughs> That's amazing. But, it is, but I mean, just being a chorus boy who just like, I, I love movie musicals. I and know. I just, to see every single person, like it to, you can watch it a million times and pick a different person and watch their journey and their performance. And just, it's just incredible. And I'm so glad that musicals are so celebrated. Like, yes, they're, right they're a thing again. And yeah, what do you, they uh, really are a thing again. Let me ask you, because again. you're a choreographer. Yeah. I mean, you're actress. Like, you do so many things. What did you think of the dancing in the film? I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I mean, he really captured... One of my favorite numbers is uh, there's a big uh, lamplighter dance number, and he really got that kind of old-school male dancer. It's like a bunch of Gene Kellys out there. Mm-hmm. And the way it was shot was perfect. Awesome. You'll, oh, good. you'll see. When can we see it? It sounds like Mary Poppins is returning at just the moment we need her. Wait, so no, this is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so it's officially opening for wide theatrical release on December 19th. Perfect. So get your tickets because I already got another round of tickets for myself at El Capitan. Yes. And yes, it's almost sold place. out, you guys. So oh. get to it. We okay. need to call our friend 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sharon over at the El Cap. Wink, yeah. wink, nod, yeah. nod. Yeah, Sharon, make it happen. Show. You'll have to let us know, Wendy, when you go see it there, like what their pre-show entertainment is going to be. Because oh. it's always yes. so special. Yay. Well, thank you, Wendy Rose. Thank, thank you, guys. Golf claps for everybody. I know, but extra loud for you. Where can we keep up with you? I mean, we know, but let's tell everybody else where they can keep up with you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Wendy Rosoff, or at Wendy Rosoff on Twitter, um, Wendy Rosoff on Facebook, and also my website, uh, www.surprisewendyrosoff.com. <laughs> I like that you're one consistent. One S, two Fs. I've made that mistake <laughs> yeah. so many times. Thank you. <laughs> Not Wendy Rosoff, Wendy Rosoff. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Wendy? Speaking of community, like we were saying at the beginning about the SAG after screenings, you do yeah. such a great job of that I feel like for people in the industry just on your social media but keeping it real for people so thank you for that. Oh I think it's so important that's actually one of my platforms is keeping it real because I see so many people kind of especially in this time going down a wormhole Mm -hmm. with social media and I think it's so important that we stay connected in reality with love and acknowledge everything that's going on. Yeah and celebrate each other. Yes please. That's so awesome. All right. well a big thank you for joining us here and Will you ready to wrap us up I, I be- he's like I don't know where my paper is <laughs> here, I'll read your part thank you so much for joining us to celebrate musical theater in LA here on West of Broadway now we invite you to subscribe on iTunes you can check us out at westofbroadwaypodcast.com and you can connect with me on Instagram Facebook and Twitter at Lara Scott Media and I'm Will Armstrong PR on all platforms once again thanks for joining us on yet another celebration of musical theater hope you brightened your day and if you're looking for us you can find us just west of Broadway wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.